This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, July 24th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. International food aid is strong, but not strong enough. Iraqi trade minister meets with U.S. rice group and government agencies. And WOTUS argument date announced. International food aid is stronger than ever, but so is the need for it, according to a new report from the United Nations World Food Program. More than 100 million people have faced starvation around the world this year, putting a heavy burden on nations and international groups to help feed the needy as well as those who want to be able to feed themselves. Food and agriculture assistance is at an all-time high, but it's just not enough. That's one of the core takeaways from the report, which puts an emphasis on improving farming methods, infrastructure, and technology to bring stability to places in Africa and elsewhere. Global contributions to the WFP rose from an average of $5.1 billion in 2013 to $5.9 billion last year. But the gap between the need and funds available was still about $2.7 billion last year, according to the organization. Marshall Matz, a principal with OFW Law, said Africa is key to global food security because that's where the unused and underutilized agricultural land is located. The African Development Bank, the African Union, and the Alliance for a Green Revolution, among others, are all working to boost yields to prevent future famines. Matz, who helped with the report, met last week with National Security Council officials about options to help Africans increase crop yields. A WFP chart produced by Matz to accompany the report, World Food Assistance 2017, taking stock and looking ahead, shows that average corn yields in Africa average at just 20 bushels an acre, compared to about 175 bushels an acre in the U.S., Those statistics take on even more meaning when you consider that 65% of the African population is involved in farming, as opposed to just 1% of the U.S. In the short run, the only way to address the famine is to fund food aid programs. In the long run, the way to prevent future famines is to work with key players in Africa to boost yields, help farmers become successful businessmen, Matt said. The African Union, the African Development Bank, and the Alliance for a Green Revolution in Africa and other leaders in Africa are all putting a priority on agriculture. Iraqi trade minister meets with U.S. rice group and government agencies. Iraq has always been a substantial rice importer, but the country has provided its share of headaches for U.S. exporters. It's Iraq's government that is in charge of making foreign purchases through an evolving tender system that often looked over U.S. bids in the past. A massive Iraqi purchase of 32,000 tons of rice in May seemed to mark a turning point in the U.S.-Iraq trade relationship. The USA Rice Federation hailed the visit last week of Iraqi Trade Minister Salman al-Jamali to Washington as a continuation of success. Hugh McGinnis, a vice president for the USA Rice Federation, said Friday after a meeting with the minister, our goal today was to support a productive dialogue between the Iraqi trade minister and our members, all of whom are keen to sell more U.S.-grown rice to Iraq. I believe that we accomplished that goal today, and if these meetings result in additional sales, I told the minister that this would be icing on the cake. Uh, Jamali also met with officials at USDA, U.S. Trade Representative, and the Commerce Department. WOTUS argument date announced. 
The Supreme Court has set October 11 as the day it will hear arguments on where the battle over the controversial waters of the U.S. case will take place. The federal government contends that the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, which narrowly ruled two to one that it should hear the legal dispute over WOTUS, is the proper venue, not district courts where farm groups, manufacturers, numerous states, and environmental groups say the matter should be heard. The government's brief in the case is due July 28th. While the legal case drags on, the Trump administration is moving to repeal WOTUS, which stands for Waters of the U.S., the phrase in the Clean Water Act whose meaning has been debated now for decades. EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers announced on June 27th they were proposing to withdraw WOTUS, but as yet, the proposal has not appeared in the Federal Register, which means the public comment period on the proposal has not yet begun. Freedom Caucus Farm Bill Review. The chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, Representative Mark Meadows, speaks at the National Press Club today at noon. And while the primary focus is going to be on the Affordable Care Act, expect the North Carolina Republican to get a few questions about how the influential Freedom Caucus plans to engage when the House of Representatives considers the next farm bill. Meadows and Freedom Caucus founder Representative Jim Jordan, a Republican of Ohio, recently penned an opinion piece for the Washington Examiner, noting how Congressional Budget Office projections frequently miss the mark. The congressman wrote, CBO's cost estimate of the 2002 Farm Bill was off by $137 billion. Six years later, they miscalculated the cost of the 2008 Farm Bill by a whopping $309 billion. AgriPulse senior editor Philip Brasher will be one of a handful of journalists sitting at the head table and offering questions during the press club event. Follow our play-by-play of the discussion on Twitter at, at AgriPulse and on the AgriPulse Facebook page. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, July 24th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod, Watkinson & Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.